Okay, everybody, welcome, welcome. This is Trevor Carter, your host for today. Welcome to another episode, which is Yes, You Can. Now, Yes, You Can, we invite our guests from around the world to come and talk to us about different topics and different ideas that will benefit you as a listener. And uh, she's going to be sharing with us some very uh, interesting things. And the topic is leadership. What is a leadership? And before I get into any further with our guests, I'll give you a quick, slight introduction about our wonderful guest. Uh, her name is Loret Hudson, and she's going to be talking and introducing herself a little bit about who she is. So she's going to give us some idea about the business and what she does. So uh, any more time, let's bring her straight in. So welcome to the show, Loret. <laughs> Thank you for having me Trevor, much appreciated and leadership is my passion because everything rises and falls and leadership, everything is about leadership and you know there's so many people who believe that leadership is about hierarchy you know so I can't be a leader if I don't have a role you know if my title it has a title but leadership it's anyone who wants to make a difference, want to make a change you know I've seen parents who brought up their children, and yet if you ask them if they are a leader, they will tell you, no, they're not a leader. You know, but they've brought up children, passed their values down, and really enable them to know the decisions that they need to make, make powerful decisions. And anyone can influence, and the, the sheer fact is about how do you influence other people, you know, in that sense. So for me, that's what leadership is all about, influencing. Right, yes. Um, and there's lots of words flying around these days and people tend to take on the title but understand, don't understand what it means. And uh, obviously leadership requires what you just mentioned. Anybody can have an influence on someone. But before we go on to the title uh, leadership, it's just for the benefit of our listeners to give us a little bit of who you are and what you do and etc. And then we'll move on to the uh, passion topic what you're talking about is leadership well for me I'm really passionate about leadership you know that's my core regardless of what it is that's me you know so in 2000 after I got qualified as a coach and spent many years in guidance and advising roles in universities and corporates I looked around and what I was hearing continuously is that African-Caribbean people are underperforming in um, organizations and in schools. And I say to myself, what would it be like, you know, to really take on the whole opportunity to transform the quality of life, especially for young boys when I first started. So I set up one uncle club in 2000 and start working in schools, really looking at their leadership skills and how they see themselves and how they view themselves and how they operate within schools and also the how they engage with education. And I did that for six years. So the format I took was breakfast clubs, which give them a space to actually talk about themselves, their aspirations and how they view the world. And really, I get them to understand what education is, the importance of education. And with as much as, you know, there are people around, you still need a mentor. You still need 
somebody else from outside your environment to actually have the conversation. And I don't think people really understand the importance of having somebody else who actually tell you you can. You know, you've got parents, you have teachers, but sometimes just a mentor, just to listen, you know. So that's what the Breakfast Club was all about. So I bring people from outside to actually come and share their leadership journey with the young people to enable them to see what's possible. And if those individuals, those leaders can actually do, so can they, you know. So representation is matter. And I think you can't do what you can't see. So with as much as see more people like us who are actually um, doing the things that we would like to do to enable us to inspire to that. Because if we don't see people that look like us who's actually doing the things we want to do, then it's impossible. So that was a mentoring program in schools. And then I bring people from outside of the organization to um, enable the young people to see what's possible. So a bit about me, I mean, I was born in Jamaica. I came here when I was 13. I'm very passionate about education. And, you know, I've got a daughter. I've worked in corporate. I've done a series of things. But I've always wanted to work for myself and become very much an entrepreneur in that. And I think for me, the way the world is going, everyone has to look at what can they create with their natural skills and talents. Not necessarily working for yourself or even creating a business, but have that whole entrepreneurial mindset because, you know, we live in uncertain times and no jobs is guaranteed. So it's about being able to create your own opportunities. And that's what I believe the world is going towards. Most people will be thinking about, I think more, I think there will be, a lot more businesses start this time than any other time because, you know, people are not sure what's going to happen. So they're actually creating the best they can with their, with their skills and talents. Right. Well, it's interesting because you mentioned you wanted to work for yourself and believe it or not, that dream came true. You actually did end up working for yourself and end up becoming an entrepreneur. And that when you were working for yourself and you set up a, a company, which is still running very strong, uh, called One Hand Can't Clap, and you're the managing director. So tell us, uh, Lorette, a little bit more about your company and the actually going down this direction and, and the reason for going down this way. Well, I think people's development, people's development is the key. And I think there's two fundamental businesses these days. If anyone thinking of setting up their business, you know, one is food and the other is support. You know, people need support with the breakdown of community, with people not sure about where they're going to be next. You know, we need infrastructure to enable people to have a space, especially leaders, especially CEOs, to actually have that support. Because sometimes people around you not necessarily have the insight. And with as much as they would like to support you at the level of your business, Sometimes it's not always easy to get the people close to you. So it's important to have mentors, important to have coaching. And if you look at the industry, 20 years ago when I started, very few people knew what coaching was about. But now there's so many coaches in the industry because it's such needed, it's such a profession that's needed. You know, everybody needs support. You can't do it by yourself. 
So that's what One Hand Call and Clap's about. It's really making sure the individuals get the support that they want. So it's about teamwork. It's about collaboration. It's about partnership and enabling people to feel supported to go out there and do what they have to do. You know, it's a very challenging time we're living in and everybody needs somebody to listen to them at the time. So for me, yes. You know, the business is as relevant now as it was 20 years ago. Right. Uh, Take me back a bit with the education compared to your time to the modern time now. What difference have you seen in terms of the work that you're doing, the education and having a mentor? Is there a big difference? And if it is, what's the difference? The difference is that when I was working, you know, in corporate, say 20, 25 years ago, I think there was a lot more family orientated in, in businesses, you know, so for example, you know, I work for a large insurance company and you had a sense of family. So for example, you know, they would be looking after you. You feel like you were being taken care of in the sense of, you know, they would look out, make sure you have a pension, making sure that you look after yourself in your old age, you know, and that kind of conversations. So you always felt loyal to the company. Whereas now what I'm seeing is, well, you know, there's all sorts of criteria that young people coming up now are actually thinking, what's the social impact? You know, so it's more challenging, I think, um, to really think about belonging and inclusive, you know, and feel included into something, you know. So I get young people all the time saying, you know, they leave work home in the mornings and they go to work and they come back and not really speaking to anyone as such because it's very remote. And, you know, you're working in an office, you don't have that connection. There is not that kinship in terms of, so I think there is a lot of isolation and loneliness, you know, even though people are working in organizations. Uh- so obviously when we look at the time we're in now, it's quite challenging for many coaches, but it's a good time like yourself being a, uh, a leadership coach and et cetera. How is your work having in, impact on people today in the pandemic? Give us some example of some of the things that you are doing that's tra- making a difference with people today. That's a great question, Trevor, because you know, the, the thing is, there's lots of people who's working in isolation. And what I do is have a space for the people who I coach where we speak to each other once a month. And then every quarter, you know, we really have a mastermind group where people come and talk about what's going on for them. And what the monthly coaching calls actually does is enabling people, again, to have a community a like-minded people who's actually sharing. So regardless of what's happening, especially for a lot of managers, it's quite challenging to really lead your team, you know, remotely as well. So what that does do, the, the extra anxiety and the, you know, not sure, and the uncertainty, what the um, mastermind group does is give them that level of connectedness you know, connected with people that are going through the same thing as themselves. So it's important. There's lots of isolation, 
and unsurety and not, not clear about how they're actually leading. So they have a space to actually come and talk. Right. So the people you're working with now, I think you mentioned about young people. Um, what age group of young people are you coming across and working with? And are you actually working with parents as well? Um, just give it an, a background idea of that you work. Well, I changed the methodology of my business in 2006. Um, I work in schools with young people from 2000 to 2006. And what was happening is I saw there is a huge development of leaders who've been in organization for many years and they reach a, a plateau or they've been made redundant. And there is a big, huge impact of people made redundant, not sure. And they're still pretty young in terms of, you know, some of them in their early 40s, some are 35, some are 50. And they're not ready to retire yet. So, you know, it's about looking at what they're going to do next. So I then decided to myself, you know, I will look at the leadership skills. I look at the entrepreneurial skills. I will really look at the difference they will make. And the reason why that age group for me is now they're more looking for meaning in their jobs. They're looking meaning in their work, you know, the difference they can make in that sense and have a social aspects around their working. So yes, so that's my new methodology and approach to my coaching is really looking at people who are in transition and want to make a difference. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to our wonderful guest, Lorette Hudson, who's a managing director of One Hand Can't Clap. Now, One Hand Can't Clap is a multi-award winning learning and development enterprise, and it's dedicated to supporting organizations and individuals in transition and change through leadership development. So, to our listeners, you are hearing uh, Lorette sharing some of her insight and some of her knowledge about education. And of course, Lorette is very, very passionate about education. So, when we look at today's society, ladies and gentlemen, there's a great need of coaching and support is needed. And Lorette comes into that market supporting individuals and organizations. So going back to our guest, uh, Lorette, I think what's, what's very interesting is you set up your own company and one of the titles stands out and it makes me look and wonder why. Why did you call it One Hand Can't Clap? Could you give me some ideas why that? That's, that's a really good question. You know, for me, it's my values. You know, I was brought up by my grandmother and, you know, I think as leaders, You've got to have a foundation in terms of understanding where your leadership values come from. And for me, that's it. You know, it's really understand community, that we all need communities. We all need collaboration. We all need partnership. You know, no individual can actually survive by themselves. Everyone needs support. And also, I think if you're going to set a business up, um, my opinion is that, you know, start with a name which is important, you know, not just pick a name, but pick a, pick a name that means something. And the reason I'm saying this, when times are challenging and times are hard, it, you know, it's great to have something which is a foundation, which is deep rooted. We can actually say, this is it. So it's like an affirmation, you know, it's like a structure to say, well, okay, I'm never going to give up. Who can I 
tap into? Who can I speak to? So I always got this at the back of my mind that I'm never alone. There's always support. Right, okay. Are it possible that we can clap with one hand? <laughs> well, you can try, but it's very silent. There's a difference, you know. Well, there's a proverb that says, you know, if you want to go fast, then you go alone. But if right. you really want to grow, then you grow with a, with a group of people. Right, okay, right. Now, it's a name that stands out that makes your head turn because uh, it's not a name that you hear very often out there, one hand. Um, and your idea of this company that you set up, it's been running for 20 years. Now, that's a tremendous track record. So, obviously, what you're doing is delivering um, education to individuals and organizations. Now, going to organizations, what kind of organizations are you working with at the moment and what feedback are you getting back from them? Well, the, the, the most thing, like, for example, I've worked um, with insurance companies, I work with finance companies, I work with charities, I work with schools, you know, and when you really look at them, they're all the same. You know, there's no difference. At the end of the day, it's people inside there who is actually making a difference in that. So first and foremost, you have to find out what is the concerns, you know, why the organization isn't working at the level that it should be. And it's always the relationship with people. It doesn't matter which business it's in, you know, when a team doesn't work, it's a breakdown in the relationships. So what I do is find out what's going on in the relationships. Where's the breakdown in the relationships? What are people concerned? And once you're able to tackle that, then everything is workable then. Yes. Um, that takes me on to another question saying that, because when you look at the school and the education structure, you would have expect that the schools would have recognized what you're talking about and improved the relationship between the school teachers, the parents, and the young people. But for some reason, there's still a gap. And it's the same topic year in and year out concerning our young people, particularly from the African Caribbean community who you directly work with, are marginalized, excluded. Now, number one, what has gone wrong with the schools? Who's responsible for continuing to see the marginalized of our African Caribbean young people? And also the breakdown of communication with their parents who are struggling to try and get their children to be settled in a school that's not making them feel settled. Now, from your perspective, being a long track record of this work, what would you say is the breakdown and why has this come to where it is? Why has it come to the crunch, which should not really have happened in the schools? I think I said come back right on, just my opinion. I think there's fundamentally relationships. You know, sometimes... Um, what how the young people think and how the teachers think is not necessarily the same. And sometimes how parents think is not how the children think because peer pressure is, you know, it's more crucial to a young person than parents. And so it's always been that way. And it's when you think um, there used to be a community of where you have an aunt or an uncle. If there is a problem at home with a child, you know, an aunt would step in or an uncle would step in in order to do that, you know, because 
we are very village people. We're very community people in that sense. And sometimes if you're not hearing it from a series of people, like myself brought up in Jamaica, you know, there's a community of people. The other thing is, you know, a lot of children are not seen and they feel like they're not being listened to in, in that sense. And that's just my opinion, you know, in terms of what they told me. Um, we live in a culture as well, which um, don't really acknowledge people in, in that sense. So you can pass somebody on the street or you can even work with people. And I think there's a breakdown in relationship and how people relate to each other. I mean, if you think of right now, when people talk about discrimination and things that goes on, again, it's the relationships and how people view um, what's being said. So there is a lot, it's very complex in that sense. And that's why I think individuals, you know, have to be really mindful and understand the values. Also, the way how the education system is set up, it's about passing a test. So you're set up to pass a test. And mm -hmm. some people are not geared towards that. So it's quite frustrating. You'll get some people who might just want to be an entrepreneur, not interested in education. So I think sometimes you have to look at the system. You know, how is our children going forward towards that? You know, some people are functional. They're not academic. So it's understanding, is the education system designed you know, for everybody and how does that fit everybody and who right. is failing and who isn't. Right. So from the sound of it, it sounds a very uh, challenging market for challenging organizations who are responsible for teaching children and building relationships, but you're an outsider, you recognize it's not working. So you end up putting on your social work hat, you're putting on your nursing hat, you're putting on so many different hats to try and bring unity in the system and the schools and the parents. Tremendous amount of work for you to be taking on, but it's rewarding at the same time. Mm. So again, we're now in 2020. What's your understanding based on the work that you're doing tremendously is, is education changing based on the work that you're doing or is it getting, it's got a long way to go and it needs to improve, particularly in the UK? How do you see the education change? Is it changing or not changing? I think the world is changing. <laughs> I think the world is changing, you know, and it's how you compete. Again, it comes back to, and I said, you know, you've got to have a social network. It's so important. You need relationships because, you know, it's so isolated. And, you know, we're not training people to understand relationships, you know, the relationship currency to me is the key. If you're working at corporations, you know, if you don't have great relationship, you're going to get promoted, you know, and if you're not being organized and you haven't been socialized to build relationship, because that's the thing I learned. I had a mentor when I first started the business and his advice to me was build relationships first and foremost, you know, Build relationship before you even consider selling anything to anyone. Build relationships because that's what makes the world go round is relationships. Right. And the other thing is have integrity around your word. Mm -hmm. So it's those fundamental key skills that yes, we need the academic, but the social skills 
I think we're lacking in that in terms of developing people. You know, if you look at um, HR yes. and large organizations, the first budget to get is cut is training. You know, so if you're not developing your people, then where do you go in that sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so those listeners who are listening probably might be parents, might be uh, organizations, whoever they may be. They may be individuals right now who are listening to this show, probably might have some concerns and some questions. Now, I don't know how I'm going to put this one to you, but because of the change of the world going on right now, how do you see homeschooling? Is homeschooling now where most people are, are looking into now because of the schools? Is homeschooling the answer? And is it working? Homeschooling works for some people, you know, and then you get the opportunity to actually influence your child at the level that says, this is how we do things here, you know. So it's that old values, that old culture. So you can bring in your culture at that level. And a lot of parents prefer homeschooling, especially if the kids are not academic. You know, they can give them alternative curriculum in, in that sense. And then, you know, for the social aspects of it as well, because, yes, you can, you can be at homes, homeschooling and it can be a challenge, you know, in that sense. So sending your child off to school could be a social thing as well. To enable them to be with other children. So it's six or one half a dozen the other. And as I don't have any young children, you know, in, time, in this day and age, it, it's quite challenging for myself to even imagine what it must like to be, you know, having to homeschool your child all the time. You know, I think it's six or one half a dozen the other. And yet some parents, you know, they wouldn't have it any other way. So it's a personal thing, I think. So I think it's a choice. And when you look at having to work, you know, because I was a single mother myself at 17 and I couldn't imagine myself homeschooling because, you know, I needed to focus around paying the bills. So, you know, you're in a catch-22 situation in terms of your responsibility and what's what in that sense. So, yes, we have to look at the choices that we make. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking to Lorette Hudson, and she's talking about education, and then we're going to be moving on to leadership. So those of you listening, you have the opportunity at the end of the show, who's going to give us her website and her contact details, and you may be able to get in touch with her. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what I do have to say is that the pandemic has affected everyone in many, many ways, in many different shapes, but with Lorette's work, It's a hope and an opportunity to network, to learn, and to teach people to override the difficulties that we're all going through, particularly in education. Uh, So, Lorette, uh, I have to say that you've given us some great insight. It may sound to some people on here who may be thinking, well, I find that very difficult. Um, People tend to look at the situation not going to get better. They're looking at the work situation. There's so much doom and gloom for some people. But with your work, it's all about finding the right people and building the relationship. It's amazing how we can build relationship and get people to move forward and take action. So um, relationship. 
could you break down, particularly for the listeners who are probably not aware of, well, I don't know how to start a relationship. I don't know what to, where to start to de start developing a relationship. From your background and your work is what you've been doing, what's the best way to put forward to our listeners when it comes to relationship? Could you give us a breakdown on what is relationship and how do you go about it? Okay, so first and foremost, every skill is learnable. And everything that we do, you know, if we are interested in it, are we curious enough, we can build those relationships. So start off by the individual. You know, how do I want my life to be? Right now where I am, I'm feeling quite isolated. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's having that innate way of being and said, who can I tap into? You know, so for example, when you think of, how certain aspects or certain communities, if you want a job, you make a phone call, you know, because you have actually invested in those relationships, which will enable you to know where the jobs are happening. And we used to do that because, you know, the Winrose generation, when they first came here, everything that they ever done was build on relationships. You know, they had partners, the partner system where they used to throw money to enable them to save up and buy a house. And it was around trust. So it was about looking out for each other in that sense. So as an individual, you know, come back to your question, how do you build those relationships? I think if you have a goal or a purpose and you know very well that's impossible as a leader, it's impossible for you to do anything by yourself. So you start developing those fundamental relationships one of the, the biggest thing that people are scared of is rejection you know mm -hmm. if i reach out to that person is that person going to reject me and you know i call it a phobia you know because it's that whole thing around oh you know that person might not want to or that person might not want to but sometimes you have to manage those fundamental risks in the sense of what is it that you actually want what do you need in that sense? Because you don't live in this world by yourself. So my invitation to people would be start thinking about what is it that you want and, you know, reach out to people for it. And I, I know it's not easy because as I said, rejection is the worst thing for most people to do, to pick up the phone. But when you have the, um, the platforms that we have now, like, you know, you've got Instagram, you've got LinkedIn, you've got Facebook, you've got so many platforms. You've mm -hmm. got to reach out because that's where everybody is actually hanging around. And if they're not, then you need to find out where's your peer group, what they call your tribe. Mm -hmm. Where does the people that you are interested in, where do they hang out to enable you to have that infrastructure and that support that you need to get to where you need to get to? And that's why coaches come in sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can't necessarily build relationship, find a coach to help you to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you knew it, you would do it. So because you don't know it, you tap yeah. into other people. And there's a culture of not wanting to ask for support. And it's, you know, you, you got to have to do it in that sense to get to what you want. Right. Very interesting, very interesting. Now, that leads me on to the next question. I think we covered it from the very beginning. We're talking about leadership. Now, could you tell us what is a leader? 
on what is leadership for the benefit of the people who are listening into this show, uh, because it's a very heavy topic. And I always found out when I was growing up and I was in the schools, and everybody wanted to be a leader. Everybody wanted to be a leader. But then when you look at the work they were doing, they failed. They couldn't even do A to B, never mind from A to Z. So titles is very much a very heavy word for most people, but they don't understand the title. So you mentioned about leadership. What is a leader and what is leadership, Lorette? Well, my understanding for it, my years, it's influence. Everything rises and falls in influence. So, so you know, you've got to be mindful of the things that you do because you teach people how to treat you. And my definition of what a leader would do, if it's not there, put it there. You know, it's as simple as that, you know. So if you see something that's missing and you decide to take up the mantle, and make the difference. So for example, you look at Martin Luther King, you know, he was really around justice, inequality, equality for everybody, you know, people should be equal. You look at Mandela, you look at all the great leaders, is they see something that missing, and they took an action on it. So leadership is around, you know, that influence, action, you know, being action, you know, be really making a difference and change and make change happen. So it's somebody who wants to make a difference and take actions towards that. Right. Now, it's interesting you mentioned that, Laura, because when I look at the pandemic, if everybody can step out and make a difference, I think we would have a lot more to give thanks for, for our lives and what we're doing right now as it is, rather than sit back in a cushion and put the TV on and doom and gloom instead of reaching out and being affluent to somebody. And it always starts off where? Start from your home. And the reason why I said that, because you made a very, um, uh, a very good statement in your, uh, in your business. And one of it I like, and it's quite very popular. And you were talking about, uh, just one second, you're talking about Somewhere along the line about it takes a village, a child to raise a village. Is that right? Yeah, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah, that's right. So get, very strong, very true. Tell us a little bit about that. Why, why was that mentioned? But where did, and where did it come from? Well, you know, again, it's a proverb. And it means that it takes more than one individual. So come right back down to diversity, the big conversation we're having right now about diversity and inclusion. You know, it's different thoughts, different approach, because, you know, you go to one person, you know, different um, ideas, different approach. And a lot of schools are actually taking that on board. You know, they have a lot of intervention in schools to develop the child, you know, so... I think there's a lot of issues, you know, breakdown in families, you're dealing with all complexities, you know, you have domestic violence, you've got poverty, you know, you've got so many stuff that's going on. So, you know, you go to, to, to school and really looking at the child, which at the end of the day should be the academic, but you have to take the whole holistic approach in how you actually develop a child. So when it comes to leadership, it's about, again, come down to, you know, do you love people? You know, because you have to love people because 
you know, they come with all the challenges. And as a leader, it's being able to look at how you navigate that and have a great team around you to support you to do that. As a leader, you can't do it all by yourself. You need support. So when you look at the whole concept of a village, you know, in everything you do, you have a business, you cannot run it by yourself. You're a parent, you can't run it by yourself. Mm -hmm. You're a school, you can't run it by yourself. Everybody needs support. You need input. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that leads me to the question to ask you. Do you see yourself as a leader, Lalette? Very much so. Very much so. You know, it's if it's not there, put it there. You know, because... And I look really way back. You know, it's a great question, Trevor. Because, you know, I was brought up in a community where accountability and responsibility, you know, was part of the norm. So... You know, you were given chores. You were given responsibility for a lot from for, from a very young age. So you knew that you have accountability and a responsibility to make a difference. In you know, so for example, there were people in my district that weren't able to read and write. You know, so mm -hmm. when they get letters, you know, I would be the one who would read the letters for them for whatever reason. You know. Um, so you know that you're there to make a difference. From a very young age, people are depending on you to do certain things. Mm. Well, Lillette, I have to say, it's been such an inspiration to hear your uh, story and your entrepreneur spirit that's going to allow people on our show to take notice and realize if she can do it, I can do it. And that's leadership. Leadership mm. is always leaving an effect on somebody after and I think your work for 20 years has been proven that. So uh, just before we end up closing, I just want to ask is, what is your long-term intention now with your business? My long-term is just continue being of service and make the difference. Every day I ask myself the question, who can I be of service to today and the difference I can make? You know, so that's what drives me and continue to drive me because I think we live in a society that people are always going to need support. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, uh, Lerette, uh, do you have a website and an email address? Yep, www.onehandcornclub.co.uk. All the information are on there. You know, uh -huh. you can link with me on LinkedIn, all the social media platforms, I'm on them. Uh -huh. Absolutely, fantastic. So ladies and gentlemen, you've heard our, our wonderful guest, Lalette Hudson, sharing about her entrepreneur spirit and what she is doing as her own leadership to influence others in the schools and in education. So I hope that everybody would take notice and I want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Lalette, for being a part of this wonderful podcasting. It's given me some ideas that I need to start taking notice of and put into practice in my own business and in my own home and my family because this is all about networking and building the bridges. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. And again, we'll be back again for another episode. Yes, You Can is the title of the show. And believe it or not, never say no, always say yes. If you say no, remind yourself to say yes. Yes, you can. So once again, thank you, Lorette, and thank you, everybody. Catch you next time. Bye now. Bye.